Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Dr. Brent Setterfield, Ph.D., invented DNA testing technologies that have impacted millions of people in more than 50 countries. Following multiple experiences with heaven, he became a student of consciousness and experiences of God in cultures all around the planet. He has achieved mastery levels in matrix energetics, theta healing, Reiki, and other healing modalities, in addition to studying the techniques of Native Americans, Hindu miracle workers, and even Christian street healers. Brent, welcome to the program. Looking forward to this. Thank you so much, George. Good to be here. Tell me about DNA testing technologies. Is this the same thing where police agencies use DNA, or is that something else? It's very similar. It's the same underlying technology, only instead of detecting bad guys that, that the police would catch, uh, we've used it to detect the bad guys that infect your body, like uh, COVID-19. Ah, how would, now how would that work? How would you test somebody? Just a swab or something like that? Yeah, it's uh, the same kinds of tests that uh, people around the country, around the world have been getting for the COVID-19 pandemic. So it starts with a swab, um, and then that swab is, it, the, the sample on the swab is purified, uh, the nucleic acids from it, the DNA, the RNA is collected from that, and then it is amplified and detected. It's like a unique viral fingerprint that is pulled off in order to verify that you've got that particular virus. Fascinating. Now, when did you do this? I've been working on this type of technology for the last 15 years, um, but uh, most recently... I oversaw a project at Codiagnostics where they have uh, put together a COVID-19 test last year and it saw global distribution. So it was really neat to be part of that project and to see that go worldwide. Got to ask you, did you have a chemistry set when you were a kid? (laughs) No, I actually hated chemistry. Really? Yeah. Biology? I hated biology too. How how, How did you get into this? That is a wonderful question. I, I spent um, two years in Brazil as a volunteer missionary, and I uh, became fascinated with the plants and the various medical properties of the plants down there in the Amazon. So when I came back to the U.S., I decided to go into the medical field and ended up bridging the biology or the biological sciences with math and engineering and then use that to to mathematically simulate a whole bunch of different types of technologies and find new ones that would would impact the world. That's fascinating. And now you've written this incredible book called Bringing Heaven Home. Tell me about your experience. What happened? So in the book, uh, it's an autobiographical narrative, um, including five different experiences that I had crossing over to the other side. So, so something like a near-death experience where I found myself out of my body and having an experience with angelic beings, with God, um, and in, uh, in a space and a state of being that I would consider heaven. Now, how do you know you weren't dreaming, first of all? (laughs) So I think most of us have had dreams, and there are certain emotions we associate with those, positive emotions, negative emotions. And um, 
Uh, but the particular emotions that come up during an out-of-body experience that's in the heavenly state are so extreme. Uh, it feels like it feels like this life is the dream. It feels like you are waking up from the dream and going into a state which is our true state, our true understanding. Um, for me, there was this fiery feeling throughout my whole being that um, it, was, it wasn't fiery in a negative sense, but it was like fiery in a, in a divine, thrilling, loving, beautiful sense uh, where... You know, I was weeping. I was just full of understanding, like like everything in my life suddenly made sense. Right. And so it's almost like the lights just turn on. And so it it really felt like it was, in fact, waking up from the dream rather than, as as someone might think of it, a dream. Were these experiences for you, Brent, not based on actual near-death experiences, but something else? Yeah, so... <clears throat> I, in the most of these experiences, I didn't have anything that was related to death. Um, they were of a spontaneous nature. The first one being with a, I, I was with a woman who had died in a plane crash, and then she died three more times after that due to complications from her injuries. And in each one of her near-death experiences, she'd seen God, and she'd had beautiful experiences, and one of the gifts that she came back with was the ability to help people cross over to the other side without having to die to get there. Aha. Uh-huh. And that she's the one who helped you? In the first one, yes. The second one, I actually felt like I was going to die. I mean, I thought I was having a heart attack and found myself out of my body. I, the, the third, fourth, and fifth experiences all happened under uh, different conditions. You know, one of them I was meditating, uh, another, I was interacting with a energy healer, and something they did just it it triggered it. It's just these spontaneous moments where you find yourself out of your body. Why heaven and not hell? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I like heaven better, I suppose. I don't blame you. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a wonderful question. I've done a lot of research on near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences after my own, and it does seem like there are a small number of people, you know, maybe one in a hundred, who will have a hell-like um, experience. And there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason why people experience the the heaven versus the hell version, um, but the <laughs> For me, I believe that the experience of the heaven was more beneficial. It was more, um, it was more instructional. I was able to learn more from it. When you went to heaven uh, several times, what was it like? Can you describe it for us? I mean, a lot of us have this vision of clouds and angels with wings and harps. I don't think that's the case. I, I didn't see any angels with wings or harps. <laughs> How about clouds? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no clouds that were being floated on either. I did see a couple of things that, that people might expect or think would be there. I, I saw, you know, a, a beautiful temple, um, and there was a fountain in front of it that was just radiant. And the in trying to describe the the way things looked or felt or, or the experience as a whole, 
It's a little bit difficult because the colors there are different than the colors we have here. And the other thing is, is you're not like seeing with your eyes the way we see here. You're, you're seeing with some other part of your being that's more expansive. And so like looking at the fountain, for instance, just I became incredibly fascinated with just a single drop of water, almost like I could just stare into it forever and that there were layers upon layers of information in that drop of water. Like you have an acrylic painting or something where you've got all these colors painted on top of each other and all those different layers convey a certain meaning. Uh, and except instead of just paints that are kind of dead and lifeless, it was like this intelligent light that was all layered upon itself. And so just to look at anything there um, had this beautiful uh, filling feeling. Did you, did you see any other disembodied spirits or, or souls or anything like that? So I did encounter a series of angelic beings. Um, you know, I, I encountered Jesus. I, I experienced God. Um, and that, that was part of my experience there was meeting these other beings. Yes. Tell me about this Jesus feeling. So I met him in a couple of my experiences, and it was more than a feeling. Um, How did you know it was him? <laughs> it, uh, that, that's a wonderful question. And the, the, I guess maybe to explain that, it would help to describe a little bit of the feeling in the other side and just coming into that state and that space. Uh, during my second experience, I actually spent several hours outside of my body, and that happened after what I thought was a heart attack or something like a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And I felt this explosive energy all inside of my being. My whole body went numb, and I, you know, I went through this fear of, of dying, and then I let go. And all of a sudden, I found myself outside of my body in this beautiful light, and just weeping and weeping, like as if uh, everything in my life suddenly made sense. And this feeling of absolute joy, as if... Tears of happiness, basically. Tears of happiness, absolutely. And accompanied with that, it was like being hooked up to some kind of a divine internet where every question that my heart might have had was just instantly answered. So it's like you start to ask a question or think something, and before you can even think it, all of the understanding on that subject comes to you in almost an experiential kind of way. And then any side questions are also answered in that same way, all in a moment. And so it's a very fast kind of uh, learning and understanding in that space. And while I was feeling that, um, there was another, like an explosion in my heart, an explosion of joy, of love, of understanding as if I'd never felt it before. And with that came this feeling. It was just this knowing that Jesus was coming to me. And I saw him in the distance, and I, I saw him as he approached me. And there just never was any question. It was just this, this knowledge that filled my whole being. Um, and then, you know, to have the opportunity to look in his eyes and to talk with him for a couple of hours. Did he look like the traditional paintings of Jesus? <laughs> uh, 
For me, he was much more light-filled, and so it would have been difficult to create an accurate painting of what I experienced. So he, he didn't come to me as like an earthly body. Um, he came to me in a much more radiant form. So if you think, um, you know, sunlight, <laughs> almost an opal-type feeling radiating from a body, um, it was... I, I wouldn't be able to nail down and say, you know, was he Caucasian or was he more Arabian? Um, you know, what what was his ethnicity mm-hmm. in that sense? But it, it was just, he was light-filled and loving beyond anything that I'd ever known before. Did he know, basically, that you really hadn't died? Ooh, we did not talk about that. Um, but... He went through a whole life review with me, and it, it never really occurred to me that I would be that, that I would have an option to stay there. Um, Could you have? Would I have? That's a great question. I don't think so because I honestly think that if I if I had the true desire to stay there, that that would have been presented to me. I, it just really felt like he was enabling me to have the experiences that I came into this world to have. And you're in no rush to get there. <laughs> you know, it depends on the day. <laughs> it really does, hmm. George. <laughs> now, they say that when you die, and again, you didn't have that, but your, your dearly departed ones are there with you wherever you may go. Did that happen at all in your case? I did not see any of my ancestors or, or others who have departed at that time. Um, you know, I saw a few angelic beings who had religious significance for me. I saw Jesus. I saw God. But I didn't see any, any friends or family to speak of. So you basically had visits to heaven that would last well, time meant nothing, but uh, was it a long time? So in Earth time, uh, several hours passed, and you know, as as you kind of alluded to there, there there really isn't a, a meaning to time in that space right. because just the learning that's taking place is deeper, and like just in a second information can be communicated to you that feels like uh, lifetimes of experience. When, when you came back into your physical body mm-hmm. and you were alert, were you illuminated from this, these events, these five series of events? Each one provided a different kind of illumination. And, you know, individually, they were huge. It meant a lot. Um, that illumination over the course of these experiences greatly expanded. And I I think partly because um, the illumination was beyond the experience itself and helping me to see the limitations in my past religious structure and understanding, that heaven is a lot bigger, uh, God is more loving than the, the types of things that I'd been taught growing up. What do you think the significant was, Brent, of seeing Jesus? And did you see him on all five occasions? I saw him in three of the occasions, and I heard his voice in a fourth. Um, 
And sorry, one more time, the question. He probably said, oh, it's you again. <laughs> but, no, but on uh, these five events, did you see Jesus all five times? No, I did not. Um, the fifth time, I did not see him. And so I, I saw him three times and heard his voice in the fourth. And this feeling with him specifically, how did that make you feel when you came back? Oh, just absolutely amazing. I mean, has it changed you? It's changed me completely. I mean, I was a DNA scientist before. I ran a couple of different um, global health companies and very much in the entrepreneurial world. And this has kind of stepped me out of all of that. It's made me realize that there is something so much more beautiful, so much for me. So you're not doing the science part anymore? I'm doing a little bit of advising on the side, but I'm no longer directly involved with it. What, what are you doing for a living? <laughs> I am collecting royalties from the work that I've done so far, and I'm looking at uh, a whole new life in front of me. I mean, are you into the metaphysical full-time now? I'm in the metaphysical full-time. I have to say it's more of a hobby than it is a career because it doesn't, it doesn't pay the bill. It doesn't pay a lot. <laughs> no, but it does uh, fulfill me in a way that science no longer does. Are you afraid of dying? Not at all. Were I'm you before? <laughs> um, before, I think I would have I been uncertain and nervous and... I mean, I still had some kind of a religious faith and a hope that there was something beautiful on the other side, but that's changed now to where there's no fear whatsoever. And if anything, at times there's, I don't want to call it an impatience, but that's more or less what it is. There is a, you know, a frustration that life is not as beautiful, not as seamless as what is experienced on the other side. Did you see other souls or humans up there in heaven? Yes. I saw a a series of different angelic beings who um, each had religious significance for me. So so, uh, a couple of individuals from the Bible um, and just helped me understand my own religious path up to that point in time, to see past the... I guess the earthly limits of how we see religion to understand something that's a lot deeper and a lot more beautiful. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.